pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Hello and welcome to One Life Left on Residence 104.4 FM. My name is Steve Curran. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. And we're a video game radio show broadcasting live from the heart of London. Uh, Simon's not here. It's true. Yeah. Simon isn't here. Uh, Simon is in Sweden. What's he doing? I suppose he's doing stealthy game stuff. It's not exactly clear. Obviously, it'll be under NDA. Yeah. NDA won't be able to tell us, but he will hint about it. Yeah. And in 18 months, you'll be able to hear him obliquely referencing how such and such a game is good. <laughs> and that'll be, be the big. game he saw in Sweden, yeah. doubtless, doubtless today. Uh, how are you? Um, well, we weren't on air last week. We weren't. Apologies for that. Yeah, sorry about that. That was because uh, Simon's baby was ill and I was ill. Mm. We don't know if we had the same Bad thing. Bad combination. Yeah. So uh, Simon had to run and pick his baby up. Yeah. And uh, then pick you up yeah. on the way home. <laughs> and he really looked after me. And you left me um, me holding the baby, which was this radio show. Yeah. And I dropped that dropped baby. It. <laughs> Dropped that baby with a, you know, with a nice... Actually, I called in last week. You did? I did. I dropped oh, in nice. to residence. I just said, uh, hi, would you like me to do the show on my... Uh, and, and they, they went, just, no, no, get out. No, we would rather not. So we didn't do the show yeah, last week. Yeah, so we didn't have a show last week because I was ill. Uh, and this week we do have a show, but I'm also ill. Mm, I've so. been ill all weekend and I was at home by myself, just with me and some sweet, sweet cold and flu medicine. So this news today is fueled by bad times. That is fabulous. Uh, and I've had hot chocolate as well. Wow. So, so this, I'm a bit wired. Wow. I'm a bit on it today. This is going to be good. So yeah, I'm not particularly well. However, I'm very happy to be here. Mm, me um, too. And in many ways, we are basically... You know those uh, movies or TV shows where there's kind of a branching timeline thing? What yeah, would yeah. have happened if you'd made a different decision? Ooh. That's kind of what's happening today, isn't it? Because there was a point where I was like, Anne, are we going to yeah, do the yeah. radio show? And it was a bit like, yes, no. And then an email arrived said, no, I'm too ill. But what would have happened yeah. if you'd said yes? Because Simon wouldn't have been here. No. But we would have had a guest. We would have had a guest. First guest of the year because it's no longer dry January. No, we're back into wet February. And luckily... Drenched February. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, our guest was able to cancel last week. Is it cancelling if we cancel? Uh, if we say we're not doing it? L- luckily, last week, our guest was very gracious in, mm. with our, our terrible excuses. So gracious, the most gracious. Um, and rescheduled kindly 
for this week. So we do have three people, and the third person, yes. our super special guest this week, is James Chu from <laughs> Fail Better. Hello, James. Hi. Hi. Uh, so good to see you, and thank you. So- sorry about last week. No worries. I almost rescheduled today, but felt kind of guilty. Really? <laughs> oh, no. It's us that should feel guilty. We should all feel guilty. I mean, many everyone, ways. We should be apologising to the listeners. Um, how are you? You having a good week? Yeah, yeah. Um, I had like a plague of nightmares last night. So I'm a little Really? Bit, yeah, like my whole flat just kind of all like really disturbed at the same time. Okay. I'm like, what? I don't know. Like um, one of my flatmates is kind of a witch. And she's got this kind of orb coming for Christmas. Okay. Like a magic orb. It's two months late, so it's kind of coming. And it's, we've finally been told it's on its way. And so it's seeming like that's kind of this psychic energy emanating from... This almost sounds like it could be from your game. <laughs> but it's not. This is from your real life. This yeah, is so really interesting. How, how did you sleep last night? Oh, I took some. Uh, I took some cough medicine. That okay, cough got medicine me right in, in air quotes. <laughs> cough medicine. I it, see. Uh, yeah, because I, I slept really badly as well. Mm. I, I was I was wriggling, flinging my arms. Over. My partner yeah. a, just started yelling about me being an octopus. <laughs> She's like, all right there, all right there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I'm just trying to trying to get comfy, but I couldn't. Maybe there's something in the air. Maybe there's something in the skies, James. <laughs> and perhaps we'll talk about that after the news. Um, and Ooh. I said this before the show. I should say this to the listeners as well. We've yep. gone we've gone CD free today. Uh, normally we queue up the jingles from the CDs, and that's why we're so smooth week yeah. in, week out, professional. <laughs> uh, but someone's lost the CD. Why is it gone? And it's not clear, because then it wouldn't be lost <laughs> if we knew. We wouldn't. So that's instead we're, we're, going, uh, we're playing the jingles from the laptop, which is just out of reach. Yeah. Which means if you, if you hear any, you know, you probably won't, but if you hear any small sort of... If we're not pauses. quite in, you know, on it today, that's why. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, shall I keep filling until you're doing it? Oh, we're really looking. F- no. You see, I told you. Was that? that oh, was, it's on random it's play. It's on random play. <laughs> I mean, uh, this is right. going to go very no, no, well. No, we've got it. We've got okay. it. Okay. You ready? you ready for the news? Oh, I'm ready, Steve. It's 7.06 on Monday the 11th of February. I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. It's thought that Activision Blizzard is to lay off hundreds of staff. That's according to a report by Bloomberg. The move is due to come ahead of a scheduled quarterly earnings call tomorrow. According to sources, the redundancies will mainly affect those in marketing, sales and publishing teams and not development teams. Activision Blizzard recently parted ways with its CFO as well as Destiny developer Bungie and Blizzard's CEO stepped down in October. It's reported that the layoffs are part of a plan to centralise functions and boost profits. They did uh, They did part ways with their CFO, didn't they? Yeah. And they got a new CFO, didn't they? Yeah. And he got a bit of money, didn't he? Oh, yeah. How much did he get? Was that... F- I want to say 15. I want to say 15. Million. James, do you want to say 15? I'll say 14. Oh. <laughs> Motion carried, but not unanimously. Yeah. Um, somewhere in the region of 14 to $15 million, we think. Yeah. Uh, and so, obviously... A lot of people on Twitter noticing the dissonance here. Mm. Conflict uh, between CFOs being paid that much and loads and loads of people getting let go. Yeah. Now, of course, first, good luck to everybody involved. Yes. And I'm sure uh, I'm sure your life will get better and better from here, uh, despite yeah. the I, difficult days. To be honest, I, had, I didn't really want to do this story. It's quite a big one because we've mm. been covering a lot of Activision Blizzard stuff recently. Um, and it is really weird to say, oh, tomorrow, it's not even happened yet. Tomorrow, it's thought that loads of people are going to lose their job. I just find it really um, odd to talk because this is people's lives. This is their jobs. And I sort of saw somebody... Um, well, several people talking on Twitter today about how actually there's very few companies, um, uh, like massive companies like this. And so when people get laid off, then lots of people end up having to like up, mm-hmm. upheave their family and move, you know, a- across country to find new jobs and things like that at large studios. So it's just, yeah, th- this story obviously is incredibly upsetting, but it's a, it's just a bit weird to be talking yeah. about people's it, lives like this. And we have a story like this every few months, don't we? Well, yeah. less, probably. 
uh, fewer. And it is, yeah, it's it's super distressing when you think about it on a personal level because every single one of those jobs is a human uh, whose life life is going to be affected. Um, <laughs> but um, I did see another argument on Twitter which mm. was saying, well, listen, I, like there is a massive dissonance between the CFO's uh, $50 million payout and Activision, uh, you know, letting loads of people go. But the cost of running a studio developer like that, $50 million, is actually not that much mm. in the context of this. The, the two things are startling when placed next to each other. Uh, one human's, <laughs> well, if you connect money with happiness, one human's ludicrous uh, positive and uh, you know countless <laughs> negatives, but actually we should be looking at them in isolation and saying this kind of executive pay, uh, in my opinion, is absolutely obscene. Mm. Um, and the you know the uh, the redundancies don't affect that one way or another. You know the redundancies are super sad in and of themselves. Sometimes companies have to make those changes in order to stay afloat. Separate to that. I don't know anyone who deserves that kind of uh, financial incentive. Um, so, yeah, I, that stuff makes me... Both halves of this make me angry mm. independently, I think. And one thing that... Um, kind of someone saying, kind of, like, these things happen every couple of months, um, the kind of effect on the job market, and people kind of basically kind of... Once one wave happens, it's not like they all find employment within mm. that kind of space of time. So it's just kind of it gets... As the company shrink, kind of the pool of workers looking for work grows but the number of jobs available is either the same or shrinking mm. with each massive layoff mm. well we as we said earlier like good luck to everybody uh, affected um, it is it is a problem with the games industry that the number of people are, uh, you know the number of huge studios are shrinking uh, often though there are you know good stories that come out of these things people who are let go form uh, other studios and from that the games industry ecosystem changes and grows uh, it's hard to know where it's going in the future and you have to fill while I because oh, yeah. I, I need to lean over to the you know um, there's a siren the from, warning from that story onto another story <laughs> A Pennsylvania state representative has proposed a bill to place a tax on violent video games to prevent school shootings. The logic goes like this. You add a 10% tax to games rated mature or adult only. The money from the so-called SIN tax goes to a digital protection for safety in schools account. And that money is used to raise security measures and help prevent school shootings. Speaking to NBC10, the state representative said, This bill does not prohibit video violent video games. Instead, it simply provides a revenue stream. It tries to recruit recoup some of the societal costs to help make our schools safer by taxing an industry that has been shown to lead to violence. Has it been shown to lead to violence? Uh, so he, uh, this uh, representative um, was quoting um, a report saying that there was a link between uh, violent video games and um and school shootings and violence, but didn't also include some of the other factors that were part of the report as well. Um, there was also a similar uh, bill that was proposed in October, but wasn't passed. So whether this one will end up going through or not is, you know, sort of remains to be seen. But it's just, oh, I just find it. I get nervous odd. when I hear uh, the word report. Mm. Or at least uh, I, I have questions in my head when I hear the word report because the reports constantly... I mean, we yeah. report stuff. Oh, According time. to a report, I had a hot chocolate today. <laughs> Who knows what was in that mug? I According don't. to the report, you took some... Cough, me cough medicine. Cough medicine last, last night. night. Who knows? And there are reports that come out that link uh, the industry to violence and reports that come out and... Uh, say that's not true. I think that we on the show have always operated, always said, you know, that we do believe, or, or you know, the subject is nuanced. And I, the reason I work in video games is because I do believe they can affect people. Mm. Like, I wouldn't be working in this medium if I didn't believe it was the most powerful medium out there with the capacity to affect people like no other medium. Um, but I don't think it's as simple as saying violent video games cause violent behaviour. And there are more a lot more immediate causes, mm. um, ones which I suspect 
given the kind of country this is occurring in, are not being talked about. Yeah. So I um, I was trying to look into it to see what the uh, digital protection for safety in schools account would actually be uh, providing money for. Um, and so saying that, you know, they're going to um, raise security measures in school to help prevent school shootings, usually that means bringing in an armed guard. That has been mm. what has uh, sort of been in place before. And I, there's just something there about, well, you know, you're trying to fight one thing that you think is a cause of violence by adding an, a gun to the school. Or <laughs> we, I, there's just some, there feels like there's a stage missing there where actually it is the guns, it's real guns that kill people. It's not video game guns that kill people. I personally do think that... There's an awful lot of violence in video games and I don't like that as a mechanic and that that's not the games I choose to play. But I think to simplify it like that really, you know, discounts the fact that real guns are there and that is probably a more immediate problem. Two out of two very, very serious news stories so far. Well, I'm sure the next one will be fine. Uh, Activision has set up a refund programme for Guitar Hero Live after it ended support for Guitar Hero TV in December. The library of songs was reduced from 500 to 42. The website reads, customers may qualify for a refund if they purchase Guitar Hero Live in the United States during the period starting December the 1st, 2017 and ending on 1st of January, 2019. They submitted a completed claim form by the deadline of the 1st of May, 2019 and their purchase of Guitar Hero Live since December 2017 can be confirmed by Activision. Okay, so what's this about? This is this is, uh, is so is that sorry f- step one? Yeah, that start period is that surely why why then? So I well I don't know because so Guitar Hero Live uh, was launched in October 2015. Okay, so it was like a reboot of the yeah, Guitar yeah. Hero series. Um, it hasn't done as well as everyone had hoped that it would. So they're uh, removing support for it. It's a bit weird that it started in 2015, but it's only from December the 1st, 2017, that you you can get your eligible for refunds. So it sounds to me like they're doing more than removing support for it. Mm. They're removing literally uh, three, how many of the songs? 400 of the songs? So uh, 42 left of 500. Do the math. 450, 458. Which 42 are left? Like, I'd be really interested to know what survived the cull. And do you want to be in that 42 or do you want to be the band who's like, oh no, I mean, we were cut. I would imagine you, if you are in the 452, then you have some kind of record label Mm. contract, which Activision... So I, we've been on on uh, so long that we were there in the first Guitar Hero. Oh yeah, boom, we we were there when plastic guitars were a, a thing the first time round. And one of the things that I remember, and I was working on those sort of games as well. One of the things that I remember happening was that in the first the first generation of these super successful music games that followed on from I don't know the first generation of music games proper, which I guess would be DDR and, and things like that, the Japanese explosion. All of those first generation of the Western music games that became really, really successful, Guitar Hero and Rock Band, when they went out to the music labels and they were like, so can we have, you know, some Guns N' Roses tracks for our game? The record labels were like, games? Sure. I mean, yeah. And they were like, you sure? You know, we'll just pay you a little bit. Yeah, of course, you can have them. At the same time, the music industry started to collapse uh, because of piracy and Spotify. And games became one of the places where uh, where the music industry is like, hold on, we desperately need some money. Here's where we can get that money from. So uh, eventually that sort of, as all sort of video game fads, that bit collapsed and Simon ended up throwing loads of plastic guitars into a volcano. I remember <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of woolly on the stories. Um, but then they all came back, right, in 2015. They, yeah. There was the sort of second wave. But by this point, the music industry's got wise, right? And they're like, okay, guys, yeah, of course you can have our music. But rather than in perpetuity uh, these days, they're working on a license basis and you have to pay this amount per year, which we've seen in other games as well, right? We've seen in um, Grand Theft Auto, I think, uh, has lost some sound, uh, songs from its soundtrack recently. And there have been other games, I think. We've talked about them on the show. Um, so this is a consequence of that. It's like a, it's a licensing deal, and because everything's online, they can rip these songs out of there. And it's not, good, uh, it's not good for people who play and love the game because you buy something in 20, 
2nd of January 2017. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I wonder whether that two years grace period is something they can argue that, okay, you you were buying a different thing mm. or you've had your gameplay out of it. I don't know. Uh, it's also worth noting that this is currently only available in the US. So if you're in the UK and you're feeling hard done, boy, there's nothing we can do about it. It's awards season, and my goodness, did the Steam Awards happen? That was a rhetorical question, because yes, they did happen, and I'm going to talk about them now. Voting opened with Steam's winter sale in December, and voters were given digital trading cards as a thank you for voting, which I believe is also what happens at the Oscars. In the run-up to the event, Valve graciously excluded itself from the Best Developer category. Very humble. There are lots of categories, and I'm not going to be able to fit them in before the music ends. Good. Yeah. Do you, do you want to do some highlights now? We're Let's off do, the off yeah. the clock. Uh, all right. So, okay. What do you think game of the year was? Game of the year on the Steam mm, Awards. Assassin's the... Creed. That was in there. Oh. Didn't win it. Uh, is it AAA? Is it a big one? It's a... Or is it an indie indie success? Or Ooh, would you say it's a bit of both? It's well. Uh, Originally an indie success that is now massive. Oh, hold on. Stardew Valley isn't last no. year, it's no. the year before. No, no, no. Wasn't it? Well, I no, think it's, it's an indie success. Uh, that started small and then became massive. Oh, Fortnite? N- no. No, because that's not on the- Steam, obviously. Oh, the other one. <laughs> yeah. PUBG. Yeah, PUBG. PUBG. Uh, of course. Uh, that was winner. Uh, all right. What? Who do you think actually was the best developer? The best developer. The best. <laughs> who was the best? Is this a human or a dev? No, it's a. Um, it's a. It's a who company. Who was the best developer? Hmm. I don't know. I've not. I've, can you give us a clue? Um. It's got a color in its title. Okay. Is the color? Red. What's the colour? Red. <laughs> uh, CD Projekt Red. Yeah. Yeah. People uh, love them, don't they? Okay, most fun with a machine. I saw this one and I was like, yeah, that's about right. Most fun with a machine. Yeah, most fun with a machine. They mean? have weird categories. I looked at last year's and they're all a bit... James, help me out. What was the really weird one that looked like a weird puzzle that you kind of reconfigure like lots of hexagons? Oh, I know the one you mean. This uh, the, the the guy by the guy, yeah, the the man Zachtronics, uh, who makes those sort of games, and it's called. It's it's all about elemental m- making stuff. So it's something to do. with It's kind of a Latin name. Oh yeah, um, no, I can't remember it. Well, oh. Is it is the name that you're looking for Factorio? N- yeah, no. Well, it's not that. <laughs> it's uh, not that. Most fun with the machine. Obviously, it's Rocket League. What? Oh. I mean, they're all machines, but I don't get it. Is a car fun. a machine? Yeah, it also, um, in, as runner-ups, were Euro Whatever. Truck Simulator 2. But I've played that. I've played that loads <laughs> over Christmas. <laughs> Would you have had it as winner? Let me tell you about Euro Truck Simulator 2. Go. Right, it's boring, but <laughs> it it's not win. boring enough. Oh. Have, I not, have I not mentioned this on the show? Like, no. I bought that. No, I think you have talked yeah, about it. Yeah, I was looking for a really boring game to play over Christmas. I thought, what can I play that, you know, because it's nice to get out of your comfort zone, and it I is. don't drive. So, what could be more out of my comfort zone than driving a big truck or yeah. from London yeah. to, well, wherever you want? So, Where I chose. Well, initially, chose Birmingham. Classic. Why wouldn't you? That classic route. You? Did a run. London what? to Birmingham. What was the route? Up London there, M1. Birmingham. Is that a thing? Map. Uh, M2. Google Up Maps. there something. So anyway, I did that route, uh, but it's it does something, I've, I've definitely mentioned this on the show, but it foreshortens the motorway. So you sort of wiggle around, you get outside London, and you're like, here I go, here I go, come out onto the motorway, haven't hit anything, I'm like, this is it. Haven't hit anything? Yet. Great. This is it. I'm just going to drive into the grey horizon forever, stay in my lane, and just drive just below the speed limit and it will be beautiful and I'll do it for two hours until I hit a traffic jam and then I'll sit still. Anyway, uh, it turns out it took me about ten minutes to get to Birmingham. Did That's you ask for a refund? It took, me, it took me longer to actually park my truck at the end than it did to get to... Because it's, it's really hard. I actually gave up at that point point, turned the game off. But, um, yeah, I was really, so that, really disappointed. That anyway. should have taken you about two hours, 25 minutes if you are going via M6 and Didn't. M1, took, or two hours, 17 minutes if you are going via M40. Took me, it took me about 20 minutes, and most of that was parking and learning how to set an indicator onto my joypad 
because I really want, <laughs> I wanted to you know I wanted to do this properly and so I sat at a traffic light for ages just messing with the config got it sorted uh, but yeah it was really really disappointingly not boring enough uh, so I see why it didn't win yeah uh, better with friends game that is better with friends yeah divinity oh. no um like what's that uh, um the one that sign uh, uh, human fall flat no that's no. not in there um what do people like I'm, I don't know I don't have any friends who tell, play games just, yeah, just tell us it's rainbow six siege all oh, right people right, do but like overcooked that. 2 was in there okay which i think is better have you played it i've played the first one right. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, that wasn't very good with friends because we did end up shouting at each other yeah, quite a okay. lot. Yeah, okay, so good. You make, construct a great argument. Any did other... it win bad with friends? Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't one of those. Uh, all right, do you want to find out VR game of the year or best environment or labour of love? All of them, quickly. All right, VR game of the year, Elder Scrolls. Five Skyrim VR. Yeah, of course. As if anyone's played that. Like they're all like, oh yeah, yeah. I'd love to play it in VR. I'd love to. I'd love to. Love to play that in VR. You're not going to sit fifty hours in something that makes you sick. No. Uh, Labor of Love. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. What does that mean? I don't know. Like it's really hard work to go online and get killed does by it, teenagers who are either, hacking it. Are you either saying that you appreciate the effort that the developers put into it and you understand that it was a labor of their love, or are you saying that the amount of time that I you put no idea. I don't know. Uh, best environment okay. was The Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. Of course. So stuff that I assume this was just stuff that came out this year, but it's not, is it? It's just no, stuff that's on Steam. Just stuff. Just stuff. Oh, and best alternate history. Okay. Kingdom. Uh, uh, what's the one you mentioned? Assassin's Creed. There you go. Oh. Was it? Yeah. Oh, you got one. There we go. Thanks. You know games. <laughs> And finally, your fortnightly Fortnite update. DJ Marshmallow played the biggest gig of all time on a stage in Pleasant Park. The in-game concerts saw around 10 million players thrown into a game. Then they all had their weapons removed, which is very good con- concert etiquette. The gig was around 10 minutes long. Obviously, this isn't actually news because it happened last weekend, but who said news had to be relevant and up-to-date? Not us. No. Did you go? No, I didn't. You're the only one of us with a Fortnite account, so... I am, but I swore I would never go back in there after I came third that one time. Yeah, but you've told loads of lies. (laughs) We wouldn't mind. Just go back in, it'd be fine. Uh, No, I didn't know about it in advance. I found out about it afterwards and I thought, actually, this is... Like, this is pretty cool. 10 million people. And also, a gig that's only 10 minutes. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that is what you look you for these days, isn't it? You don't have it? to leave the house. Just and it's only up. 10 minutes long. Yeah, oh, it'd be brilliant. Uh, James, did you... Do you Fortnite? No. Do no. You not? Have you never considered Fortniteing? Not even slightly, no. Really? Okay. Me neither. I mean, I'm not judging. They well, I am judging. Put, I'm judging is. positively. <laughs> they have just put Edinburgh in, or is that a different racing game? There is definitely a racing game, one of the big ones that's just put Edinburgh. There's a huge level in it. But I don't think Fortnite's a racing game. Is it Forza then? That sounds... That's, that's right. Two games yeah. I've never played. Yeah. Two. No, I've never played it either. <laughs> anything, anything beginning with F. Yeah, no, just don't, just don't, don't, play. don't play it. There's too many no. games out there. Yeah. You might as well just cut just them out. Just arbitrarily. Just cut them out. <laughs> uh, who's Marshmallow? Uh, he's a DJ that has is he like... like Dead Mouse? He's, he does wear a thing... A, a Thing, thing on, on his, his head, head so he's like dead that mouse. looks like a big does he sound like dead mouse i don't know i don't know. I d- wasn't if only there was a way of i know <laughs> way of finding out good all right is that it that is everything okay thanks anne one life left video game news with anne scantleberry
You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, the greatest radio station in the world and a video game radio show that's been on for a really long time. <laughs> what a match. <laughs> what a perfect match. Match made in heaven, really. Uh, you're listening to Frozen. This is by Amateur LSDJ. It's from chipmusic.org, uh, where we get most of our chip music from. Uh, you can look them up on the internet. How'd you get there? By going into your browser yeah. and typing in HTTP. Yeah. S. Yeah. You've got to be secure. You've got to be safe. (laughs) (laughs) Colon slash slash chipmusic.org. Yeah. And then you can click on music. Cool. Listen. Uh, Do we have any other business? Uh, We did a Marioki Friday before last, didn't we? Did we? No. No. But we didn't. No. Our franchise. Oh, yeah. We are franchising the heck out of this. First ever Marioki done without us without one of us and that was for Ladicious uh, in Switzerland uh, performed by Haji and Ed looked like it Zurich. was phenomenal looked like it went off I know I was sad that I wasn't there apparently apparently one of the Ladicious regulars went oh, up on no. stage near the end of the night and yelled into the mic who needs Stee <laughs> which honestly <laughs> I've been I mean, thinking for quite a yeah, while. Like there's, there's barely a day I wake one. up and you don't think that. You are not the only one. But yeah, um, another Marioki coming this Friday, of course. Yeah. And you will be there. Oh, I will for be that heading one. it up, retaking control, it is going take back to control, go off. <laughs> is it? Yeah. How are you intending to set it off? I really want to get one of those. I'm gonna. Well, I'm probably just gonna get the app, but the air horn thing. I'm just gonna play that. Loads. Good. That'll yeah, be good. Everyone knows that's how you go off. What are you gonna sing? Um, all of the hits. Yep. Yeah, it's ma- Valentine's Day, isn't it? Oh, it is. I well, mean, it's the day after Valentine's Day. Well, it's as close day. As to Valentine's Day as you're going to get. I think we're going to have an anti-Valentine's Day really? romp. Thank you, next. Yes. Yes, good. Yes. I thought about writing that about Apex. I'm surprised why Apex didn't make the news. Yeah, it was just a numbers game. James. Yes. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, just coming from a migraine, so I'm really good. Oh, that's the best state to be on One Life Left in, like, because we like to try and clear a very low, painful bar. Yeah. Like, if we, can, if we can just be not painful and get through this hour, then we're doing better. Um, you are from Fail Better. That's right. And you are... How many people from Fail Better have we had on before? I think you might be off four. I think three... I think third or fourth. Yeah, third sounds better. So I'm hoping okay, third. Okay, be third. Yeah. First, the worst. Second, the best. Hey. Third. <laughs> James, what do you do at Fail Better? I'm a narrative designer. What does that mean? It's uh, a lot of the writing and a lot of kind of um, the actual kind of some level designs um, um, of the mechanics within um, our content. Um, kind of just having an overview of a lot of systems within the game because a lot of those we can create and kind of modify ourselves without needing to code. Okay, so it's somewhere between a straight-up writer and a kind of game designer. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's a game <laughs> design role. It's a game, it's, it's a game design role. Um, how did you get into that? Uh, I applied until they hired me. <laughs> well, over at, what, have you, are you a fail better fanboy turned employee? Yeah, I've been playing it since they did Fall in London. It was called like, Echo Bazaar. Really? So I played it all for uni and then since I graduated, it's like, I need to do something. Okay. Uh, so you, so did, did you did you graduate in a game design related no, discipline, or you no. just you just hardcore into it and you decided to? Yeah, pretty much. What I mean, was I, your degree in? Uh, medieval studies. Wow. Whoa. So okay. Like I need to do something with that. <laughs> okay, and how does that feed into your feed into your game design work? It does in some ways because we do alternative history, and it's just kind of having this kind of whole like thousand year knowledge of kind of history and literature and art, mm-hmm. and there's so much to draw on as a writer in that whole period, and just knowing a lot of kind of weird esoteric stuff is really helpful just for inspiration i find that like that is a definitely a, a writer's secret trick is to just know something that other people don't know and call that into your work and often people go oh he's he's very smart isn't yeah. he and actually you just know about one specific thing yeah and you squeeze in where you can yeah very very good so um for our listeners who i mean despite this being basically a co-fail better production yeah. clearly uh can you tell us our listeners a little bit about what fail better games do what sort of games they make we do kind of very narrative-based, very um, gothic horror, but funny gothic horror. 
we've kind of in our own setting, which is where a London was stolen by bats in the mid 19th century and now kind of exists under the earth um, in this kind of increasingly warped and esoteric setting where people have to kind of rub along and like have kippers for breakfast and then kind of meet a rubbery man on their doorstep <laughs> um, kind of setting. And that was our first browser game was Fallen London, which is mm-hmm. still ongoing. That's a um, long running browser game. And from that setting, we created Sun the Sea, which is set in kind of the vast dark sea, and that's something you can play on your computer or Mac or um, now PS4. And we've made a sequel, spiritual sequel to that game, Sun the Skies, which is what if the Victorians went to space or space in our setting, which is a whole cosmological other dimension. It must be a so Sunless uh, Seas. I've I've played, and you know it's, it's this incredibly rich, beautifully written narrative adventure game. It's kind of, I would say, but how I imagined it as someone who grew up playing lots of text adventures is it's what I imagined text adventures would be like in the future. Like, and it it's procedurally generated. It feels like you're taking ownership of the story, even though it's it's very very uh, well written as well. These these parts of the story being told to you but they feel like your own as well and it's it's got a, such a passionate community around it oh, i mean you used to be part of the community around fallen london as well it must be quite challenging to take that on and go okay we're gonna make a sequel to this really really loved game yeah yeah um it's because the setting is quite intertwined people and especially in fallen london get very passionate because they've got one character and that character we can't kill mm. um they kind of play with them for years and years and years and so telling them, by the way, this is the future for the game um, was a challenge. We had to kind of step back and be respectful of kind of what we already had and not box ourselves in one game into a corner by doing something in a different one. So we kind of decided Sun of the Skies is an alternate future. And then we had this specific challenge because our setting is hard to describe to a newcomer all in one go. Hmm. And we wanted, obviously, Sun of the Skies to be appealing to people outside of all London players. So kind of deciding how much of the law and how much you need to know up front and whittling that back as much as possible but making sure it's still satisfying and has moments for people who are really, really into the kind of deep, deep law. Yeah, I can imagine that's an issue as well in that you've you've targeted this niche of Victorian fans. <laughs> well, they're, not, they're probably not Victorian, are they? <laughs> not fans not of, anymore. <laughs> fans of Victoriana, you know, uh, video games in there. But then creating a sequel always has this problem having kind of a diminished audience because you take that game and then you bring some of that audience on um how do you how do you distill that pitch down into a uh, into a pitch that attracts newcomers as well uh, basically just going telling like victoriana steampunk mm-hmm. um gothic lovecrafty and i hate lovecraft but <laughs> that's a word that does well yeah um elements um and then kind of we say if you played some of the sea then it's more respectful of your time and more accessible. Let me tell some of the sea people, it's still got all the stuff you love and there are elements in the game. We just wanted to refine what we already had. And so it's kind of trying to appeal to as many people as possible and focusing on this is the thing you like, this thing we think you like, and making a game that hopefully satisfies all of those elements. I remember when we had our previous Fail Better uh, mm. rep in here talking about some of the seas, and they, uh, they told us a couple of uh, plot examples, little fragments of the story they were particularly fond of. I wonder if you had anything you feel uh, feel very close to. Oh, I'm sure you feel close to the whole <laughs> game, but something in particular uh, that you like talking about. Yeah, um, we have in the setting of kind of talking rats are just a thing. We never explain them. They're just rats as Faber, and we put some in some of the skies. The move from London, they go to space, and we had like an officer which are like companion quests, um, like kind of equivalent Mass Effect companion. And one of them was going to be a kind of a rat brigade. And I was not excited by that idea in any way, shape or form. Like, I'm not that interested in rats. Um, But my manager was like, no, talk you around, you're going to do this one. And it became this kind of long, kind of like almost World War II-esque kind of espionage story with these kind of little rats as they kind of grow in number across the story until there's like 10 of them. And they go on heists and break into vaults and it's like getting the gang back together. I feel like I'm almost certain that the previous story was about rats <laughs> as well <Quite> likely. <laughs> so rats are rats are a standout thing yeah um how, coming to this as a fan how how has that been have you has it lived up to your expectations being able to like create and grow the world or are you like oh man this is a lot of pressure <laughs> it's both i've definitely had times where um 
like going into the our content management system is like archaeology because suddenly you've worked <laughs> on it for so many years. It's like layers and layers and layers of stuff and there's so much to know and it's just kind of accepting you'll never know enough hmm. and focusing on the things you're good at and then finding things that interest and excite you about the setting and then kind of conveying that and then hoping that other writers will <laughs> pick up the stuff you're less confident on but occasionally you do kind of screw up like I got kind of the date of something wrong which meant a character was like 20 years younger than she should have been and couldn't have existed at a certain time. I think like five minutes it had been picked up <laughs> on the forums. It was like, oh. <laughs> so I, it's a lot of responsibility. I can imagine that is, the, that is one of the biggest transitions is going from someone who reads the forums <laughs> and <laughs> causes those problems yes. to someone on the other side. <laughs> Causing different problems. Um, so Sunless Skies was out quite recently, wasn't it? Yes, it came out two weeks ago okay and what's that what's that been like seeing everything suddenly go from uh go from a thing that exists in your own head to a thing that exists in the heads of all of the community i mean it's scary because it was in early access for a long time but mm. even then like not meant that many people and especially a narrative game want to start they want to wait until it's yeah, out properly and see the whole thing so suddenly it's kind of like there's all this content that we think works but you know you've got a small pool of people who played it and so you're worried about bugs and you're worried about um, like, will this be received? Well, we don't have any feedback on this section, but the response has been so lovely, right? And it's just been it's been wonderful, like um, <laughs> just seeing people engage with it and stream it and like do little voices for the characters. It's been really nice. I mean, uh, no one can see this because this is a radio show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But James is smiling as he <laughs> as he talks about this. It's really unusual for a developer to come on the show and talk about their, you know, even games that have had tremendous receptions after release. Most people feel sort of a mix of anxiety and terror when they. <laughs> but yeah, you seem to genuinely be enjoying it, which is great. What what happens now for a narrative designer after the game is out? Is that it, or is there maintenance? Oh, yeah. Um, like the day after, it's like came back from the party. Everyone's got a hangover, and then like here are all the bugs that have come in overnight. Yeah. So it's kind of triaging and kind of getting the worst ones out of the way, and then mm. fixing save games and the kind of really kind of high priority stuff. And then we've had done that for like a week or so, and now it's kind of looking at what next. And because the game has been doing well, that's going to be some kind of free updates, which I can't talk about. <laughs> but there will be kind of new content we want to put in. No, but we'll have fail better number four or five yeah, onto yeah. the show they'll, as soon as the free up, updates. Hannah will be in touch, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then we'll we sort it. Um, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking <laughs> so eloquently about it. Uh, where can people follow you and get in touch with you if they have any questions or just want to get closer to one of the <laughs> one of the people who makes their dreams or real? Or if they have any questions about medieval history? Oh yeah, yeah I'm happy to answer both. Um, my Twitter is um, at James St Anthony. Nice. Good. Uh, and uh, wh what's the game out on? How can people get that? Uh, it's on Steam. It's on GOG. Um, it's available for Mac, Linux and PC at the moment. Are all oh. good retailers, <laughs> I imagine. I don't know. Okay, um, we we have to race on. We have to go straight on to the letters section now. Oh, we because, do. Goodness, because we we're are running over. Uh, thanks, Whoa. James. Okay, ready for uh, this? Yeah, yeah, ready? yeah. Okay, sure. Let's go. Sure, sure, sure. Letters. Uh, so Simon's not around, so he didn't put a call out for letters. Luckily, we weren't here last week and we got letters for last week. But we also had someone who two weeks ago sent in a letter at the start of that week. Oh. I know. Oh. Why don't you deal with this? I'm going to okay. go... You go back into the archives. Archive, yeah. Uh, all right, so this is Chris Conroy, who is resubmitting last week's letter. Dear team and SSG, when I was younger, so much younger than, than today, we didn't have a DVD, nor did we have a Blu-ray. Back then, VHS was what we used when, we re when we'd record... For twice the time, LP mode was fine, but the quality was poor. I think this is in rhyming... I think this is a poem. <laughs> Sorry that I've done a very bad job of it. Uh, Blues Brothers, 1980, was the most watched of these recordings. A magical, albeit grainy, window into a world of slapstick comedy, legendary mu musical cameos and extravagant car chases. A movie that would never be commissioned today and which, judging by the sequel, had enough fairy dust sprinkled on it to mean a remake would be almost impossible to produce. Do you have a game that you keep on going back to in its original form? One that you get the same joy from as you did when 
you first played it, or a game that you love which just wouldn't make sense by today's standards. Uh, if I mention Resident Evil 2, will it bring uh, this letter back on topic? Your somewhat tangential correspondent, Chris Conroy. I didn't hear the question because I was finding the letter which I have found. Can you sum it up? Uh, have you got any games that you keep going back to in their original form that might not stand up to today's standards, but you just get a sense of joy oh. when you play them? Hmm. I don't think you'd. I think you'd struggle to release Parappa the Rapper for thirty quid today. What? What did it come out for? For PlayStation. Yeah, back was in it, the day. No, no, no. Recently, when it was re oh, well it wouldn't have been 30 quid whatever it was on the PS4 I'd be very surprised I don't know I, I guess that's it. a did you spend 30 quid on it I don't think so it doesn't <laughs> feel like something I would do I think it'd uh, I think it'd be a, a tenner or something um, I think that mechanically perhaps the rapper well I don't know I, I love that game Almost. <laughs> I was going to say, I love that un- game unconditionally, but <laughs> it sounds that's like not how unconditional. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Um, uh, I don't think. Oh. I think Simon would say, because uh, I think he said this before, yeah. that a lot of the time when you go back, you find a lot of rough edges on games that you just forget about, and that it is quite hard. And the truth is, never go back. No. Always go forward. There's too many games anyway. We're not. We're already decided. We're not playing any games beginning with F. Oh yeah, that's out. Uh, Proper the rapper. Eleven ninety nine. There you go. Uh, yeah. Um, I found a letter. Oh, good. oh sorry, so, James, James. Do you have sorry. any games that you go back to that spark joy but might never be made today? Yeah, probably Neverwinter Nights, the original. Really, just to. It was all about the kind of fan community. They all made their own like massive modules, mm-hmm. which were kind of huge labours of love and were impossible to justify. Yeah, <laughs> that is the fan community as a whole. Uh, Lee Brock, I think, is the person. Okay. I remember Simon saying, sorry, Lee, we couldn't... But if you recognise this letter, then stop D- me. Okay, I will. Okay. Hi, Steve. Sai. SSG. That might be why he didn't... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so I've been playing that Grand Theft Equine, and it seems to be more Equine than Grand Theft. The main focus after the shooty stuff seems to be my stupid horse, which I've renamed Trebuchet the Man Catapult, on account of all the times he's hit a rock and then thrown me across the map. Apparently this is rider error, but there's just no accounting for the moronic AI. My unbridled passion... Hi. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> ha. That's a horse-related pun. Very good. I made a really good joke today at uh, university. This is out of the Just so you know, Steve's just put his phone down. Yeah, made a really good joke today. Yeah. Um, So a student was pitching me a game that was a bit like Gallagher, but with fish. Uh And I said, call it Place Invaders. Oh, no. (laughs) And he didn't react. And I was like, Place Invaders. P-L-A-I-C-E. Didn't help. So I just kept repeating it for an hour and a half (laughs) and then the lesson was over Uh, sorry to return to this Um, my unbridled passion for the first Red Dead made the eight year wait between titles seem like eternity but with all the trotting about the place grooming accidental horse punching and the subsequent retaliation I find myself struggling to get through it I'm just not having fun playing it and I'm one horse related incident away from binning it off good expression this breaks my heart so much because I wanted to love this game which brings me to the question what were your most eagerly anticipated games that left you disappointed after playing them? PS loved the show, especially Sega Badawi. I've yes. been back. Uh, most anticipated game that left you cold? James, uh, Scants? I'd say <clears throat> Assassin's Creed, the new one that's just come out. Really? I was really looking forward to it and loved like the first 10 hours. Really? And I didn't fall out of love with it. I just have no desire to ever go back. Hmm. What was the Mario Mobile one that. Mario Run? Yeah. I talked about that for ages. I was so excited and then I played it for about 20 minutes. Really? And then just stopped. Mm. Um, yeah, that. I'm going to I'm going to answer two letters with oh. one question. Watch this. Res VR. Okay. Played it. Mm. I don't think Res is I don't think Res is the game that everyone wishes it was at the time and I don't think Res VR is great or uh, does much beyond show that that game isn't brilliant personally oh that felt horrible saying that That (laughs) it also felt weirdly cathartic but like yeah okay Um, Uh, okay another letter 
Well, that's kind of the end of the letters jingle. Oh. Maybe we should save some for... Yeah, let's see. We're ending up with a backlog. It's quite this exciting. This is good. This is good. Don't worry, Chris Stewart. Your letter is coming. And you know what? What? We actually have to kick on with the reviews. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. I know. But we might as well while I've got the... Yeah. While I've got the, the sort of jingle ready. Ready? Go. Good reviews. It's a lot of talking today, Steve. <laughs> it really is. Too much talking. For someone who's got to take a lot of cough medicine, cough medicine mm-hmm. tonight, this is a lot of talking. It's the hot chocolate. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Steve, what have you been playing? And what have you been playing? Uh, James. James. <laughs> <laughs> James, what have you been playing? I just finished Thronebreaker over the weekend. Oh. The kind of witcher spin-off mm-hmm. ah. kind of like all based around Gwent but you're playing kind of a queen it's like a weird RPG slash RTS but all the battles are cards oh no <coughs> so it's like a, is it a card game is it a single player card game yes and does it have like uh, does it have loot box card things that you have to it buy da- well you don't have to buy them but like there's a weird mechanic where like you can pick up cards during the game like purely optional then uh-huh. go into Gwent multiplayer okay but that's optional so the single player is just it's basically boxed off and you play through it without buying uh oh we'll come we'll come back to this but <laughs> please tell, tell us tell us more yeah it's um it's really kind of more political in the witcher like you're playing this queen who's lost her throne and then you're kind of crumbling across the countryside with kind of a ragtag band of advisors trying to win it back um so the choice is a lot starker and they're kind of trying to play some of the same territory but go a little bit more far-reaching in the problems and the questions they want to address so it's like a kind of very interesting tactical card game with some kind of like mad puzzles as well as combat using cards that each encounter is pretty unique in terms of the mechanics it wants you to learn to win um combined with quite a sophisticated interactive narrative and the branch is a lot based on the choices you make and the advisors you have with you Mm. and it treats those advisors very kind of they're kind of like multipliers to the choices you make they'll approve disapprove but losing them isn't a bad thing sometimes you'll want to get rid of people because they're a hindrance or right. they'll do something for you or the option you want is better than having someone executed <laughs> it's quite harsh it's not as well done as the witcher because it kind of veers you toward monster hunting more clearly to kind of get the same uh-huh. like, feel of being in the witcher but the tone doesn't quite work as well you're a queen running an army like going off to fight kind of goblins in the Marsh, it doesn't quite fit, and has some kind of ham-fisted cameos of Geralt, right. which you could do without. But the narrative itself is great. Is it like those awkward crossovers in Marvel TV shows where yes. an actor comes in for the day and is like, hi, it's... It's like that, but it's like yeah. it's also got kind of the... I can't pronounce his name, the Polish writer. It's clearly drawing off that canon a lot uh-huh. as well. So it's like, here's this random person. They built him up. Uh, right. Two people who've read it will know what this is. Fan service. Yes, that's the word. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, what score are you going to give it? Seven out of ten. Okay, that's solid. Up. Right. Right, mm. you going to go or am I going Well, go? I've got a few to do, so do you want me to do them? I've got two. Should we go back and forth? Yes, all right. I'll go first. You go first. first. So I've been playing art school. You don't play art school. You go to art school. <laughs> that is true. You go to art school. How uh, has going to art school been? So it is spelt... A R T space S Q O O L. Whoa. And it's available on itch.io as well as Steam. So, can you imagine what it might be like now? No, tell Just me. Just from that. No. Okay. Um, it is a cute indie game in which you walk around an abstract, I would say, vaporwave aesthetic un- uh, universe. Is- Stretching it a bit too far. Room. Uh, small. <laughs> Some rooms a bit small. Somewhere in between those two things. Yeah, let's say a school and uh, and the abstract environs. Uh, you walk around and you get given a challenge, e.g. paint. You know, paint the last thing you saw in a street or something, and you doodle that, and then you go and submit it, and you get some tips. You walk around the world, you find little brushes that allow you to do different things to your painting. It's very, very cute. It has a lovely little intro song as well. Um, if if you know those type of games, then you know whether you will like it. <laughs> And if you like those type of games, then you will like it, or at least you will certainly like to talk about how you like it. Uh, I like it. (laughs) Although I've played it enough now, which was about, I don't know, 40 minutes or something like that. Uh, It was was enjoyable. 7 out of 10. Good. Uh, I've been playing Alpha Omega. Omega? Okay. 
How do you pronounce that? Alpha. Is it? Omega. 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 It's a game on. Well, I'm playing it on mobile, so it's on uh, the iPhone. Um, <laughs> As they call it. Yeah, the so called iPhone. Phone. Um, Actually, you don't say um, the, do you? It's on iPhone. Yeah, not was, the, um, Lisa was recalling this the other day when she first got her her iPod, and she looked at the manual, and all of the way through, it's just mm. it's just open iPod, put songs Ooh. on iPod, and I expect they're still doing that yeah, with yeah. iPhone. You know, iPhone can do this anyway. So. iPhone can't do this. Oh no, wait. So uh, this is a crossword puzzle game um which was definitely made in america and definitely not tested on the iphone what iphone have i got now i don't know the iphone xr rx xr whatever it is whatever it is which has got a little like um thing where the speaker is uh which is like a little black thing that is comes down on the very very top of the screen um so you go through lots of different levels um, and initially I didn't understand that un- underneath the little black thing on my screen uh, it told you what the crossword was about. So uh. I just thought I had to guess words and I was like, well, this is terrible. Uh, so you've got like a sort of crossword set up and it's got letters in and you have to switch the letters around to uh-huh. figure out the words and blah, 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 blah. And I was initially like, well, this is weird. Um, I don't... Am I just picking from any word? And I eventually realised that if I drew that down a little bit, I could see um, what the subject was. Oh, and they're obviously all related words. That's very, very good. So it was made in America, which means that when it has uh, stuff about uh, words to do with houses, you're talking about a front yard, not a front garden. Uh, So I was a little bit thinking about the wrong words. And then when it starts talking about... um, network connections and it wanted me to figure out what twisted pair that was uh, a word that was in there um i've never heard that before in my life i had to use up quite a lot of my um free clues for this <laughs> uh, but you which, know loads about networking oh my goodness so much now um Cat five <laughs> so well i presume that that i I haven't got to a point where I've had to use any more clues okay. because I'm very smart You're now. Very smart. I've got the hang of this game. Uh, I imagine I'd have to buy some if I did want more clues. Um, it's quite fun. Aside, yeah, from, quite fun. A, aside from all of that, it is quite fun. Uh, just switching the words around. I'm more smart in the evening than I am uh, when I play it in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven out what of ten. What time do we do the radio show? Oh, yes. Yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> I have been playing Slay the Spire. Have you? Did I mention this last... Time. Week? No. We no, the week before. Week. I did. Lights went out. <laughs> Blink twice for yes. Um, okay, uh, the lights literally went out in the studio just yeah. then. So, uh, Slay the Spire. So, I haven't mentioned that So in the last two weeks. I didn't mention it two weeks ago. I don't think so. Okay, well. Um, can you see how many hours I've played Slay the Spire for in the last two weeks? Eighty-nine hours on record. Off record. Who off knows? record. When I go incognito mode on Steam. Whoa. Eighty-nine hours. That's a lot of your life. I know. I'm looking through your other. Yeah, I can't. Um, you can't, I can't stop? stop playing Slay the Spire. Four point two hours on Euro Truck Simulator Two. <laughs> <laughs> so you the reason. Lying. So the reason I, I was worried about what you said about um, Thronebreaker is. Uh, I've found my weakness, and it is in slow turn-based card games, <laughs> single player, uh, that I can play on my own time and think about strategy and take ages over each move and not worry about. Slave Spire is a very, very simple uh, card based, uh, I guess they call it deck building card games, where you play a number of cards each round and uh, you get an extra card basically each battle generally and then you're building up your deck and that makes you stronger and you decide you build sets of cards and then at the end of your quest you either complete the complete the mission, complete the game or you die and then your deck is reset. And there's three different starting characters. Oh, we've gone over <laughs> gone over the uh, the the, the uh, reviews theme. Um, so yeah, you uh, you collect these cards and you play them to defeat monsters, and it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. I've completed it uh, five times now. I think once with each character and a couple of daily missions. Each time I feel like I'm getting better and getting a greater understanding of the decks, but each time 
the battle feels different because the cards that you get are random and therefore you have to tilt your deck towards a certain skill. It might be magic or it might be defense or it might be bludgeoning someone with a sword or it might be using special powers or all of these things. There are all kinds of modifiers, there are all kinds of special game rules to play the thing with. I, I, I think I am quite bad at the game, uh, but I am really addicted. I was expecting to be able to quit out uh, because I completed it again last night. Searched on searched on the internet said what happens when you've completed it with each character and there was a post on Reddit that said you're only just beginning because now you have to do it with this and this and this and I was like I thought oh. that was going to be my break moment where I was like okay I've done it now I'm out I was back in within half an hours. hour uh, bedtimes were two and three a.m. just can't stop and I've also it's really compatible with Steam Link on your phone so you can play it. It, no one knows that you're playing it like uh, yeah it's brilliant 7 out of 10 you've got about 30 seconds I've been playing bacon game. I'm saying it's because the Chinese New Year was the year of the pig it's not <laughs> it's because I saw it I wanted yeah. to play it I played it you fling bacon at things it's brilliant it 7 out brilliant. of 10 good any other business no AOB Mario, no B Mario can Friday please go see and sing yeah. some heartbreaking songs thank you next <laughs> Thank you so much, James, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, you've been brilliant, as all our Fail Better friends are, yeah. every time, so you can tell them you've not let the team down. <laughs> but the next person probably will, and they'll be back to talk about your uh, free DLC or whatever it is, paid DLC. Who knows Who what's knows? happening? We, knows? We're not allowed we to know. know. Allowed Come to on know. the show and talk about it. Yeah. Um, until then, we've been One Life Left. And we will see you next we week. We will see you very soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> 